Blog Talk Radio. Okay, I'll admit it. I'm an egomaniac. What can I say? Shame on you! As usual, I'm right. You're wrong. Are you kidding me? You are the biggest phony I have ever met. Obviously, clearly, maybe, definitely. A fresh take on sports and entertainment. Dave and Joe talk like it is. Weight Talk Radio every week. David and Joe are simply the best. I've been listening to Pure Gold ever since I was a baby, and I still do. Pure Gold is the best. I love Pure Gold. Pure Gold. I got two words for you. Pure <laughs> Gold. You guys are awesome. This is Pure Gold with your hosts, David and Joe. Good evening, everyone. It is 7.01 straight up, and Pure Gold is live on the air for this Thursday night. June 2nd, 2022. Welcome to the show that covers everything and everything. It tells it like it is. Definitely, maybe, obviously, clearly. My host, as always, seen somewhere in my far left is Dave. Dave, how are you? I'm good. Uh, just curiosity, sir. Why do you say my host? I mean, I thought I was your co-host, not your host. Apparently, it's a one-man show. It's your show. I'm just here to play along. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, if you'd like to be a part of the show, as always, 515-605-9796. Once again, that is 515-605-9796. I know we have a great show lined up for you this evening, as we always do. Joe, take it away, sir. Yes, sir. We have some baseball to start. We'll talk about the basketball. My Celtics are in the finals. Tonight is game one, by the way. The Rangers won a game against Tampa Bay. Um, we saw Monday that they advanced, they beat Carolina, but let's start with the Mets. I think I will throw in some things here and there, um, but I think the Mets at, at the critical point of the season, I think uh, this is the West Coast trip that we've all been waiting for. The Mets went 6-0, and you know, they took care of business at home, and now they play the Dodgers, the, the Padres, the Angels, and they come home to play Milwaukee. So I think that when the dust clears, we'll see how this team is after June 17th. I agree, sir. Uh, one thing that's encouraging, I know we've been kind of up and down with the Mets in terms of, you know, depending on which uh, week it's been. But first of all, the Mets have done something. They're in the middle of doing something that I've been saying for the entire year, basically, that they needed to do, and that's go on a winning streak. And they're now in the midst of a six-game winning streak, which is great. They needed it. They need to pull away as much as possible from the rest of the NL East, and, you know, they've been doing that. I'm definitely – obviously, maybe, excited because I feel like the Mets are finally kind of doing what they've been needing to do, and they've already, they're already doing better than they were last year. You know, they have one of the best records in baseball, which they've had pretty much the entire year. Um, they are actually tied with the Yankees for the most wins in baseball. They have a couple more losses because apparently they've played two more games than the Yankees, which is weird, but the Mets have, are tied for the most wins in baseball. They have a ten and a half game lead over the Braves. There is not a single team in the National League East that has a winning record, which is other than the Mets, which is fascinating. Sir, I'm not sure if you knew that. I did not know that. I did not. But yeah, I mean the Mets are the Mets are doing good, and I was thinking about this earlier. 
They're doing it without Scherzer. They've been doing it all year without DeGrom. I think that when Scherzer and DeGrom come back, the Mets aren't going to all of a sudden win 20 games. I think what they'll do is they'll probably maintain where they're at as opposed to really advancing much further. Because you think about it, things have been going their way a lot offensively. They've been a juggernaut lately. Some of that may start to pull back, but then you have the pitching to lift you up. So I think they'll kind of maintain the status quo. Whereas without Scherzer and DeGrom, I think they would they would uh, take a bit more of a decline, sir. Who needs Scherzer? Who needs DeGrom when you got the plumber? <laughs> Nick Plummer, oh, yeah. Definitely, yeah. Good. Yeah, Definitely doing a good job, sir. Yeah. Um, so the Mets actually played game one tonight. Uh, I'll be half asleep, I'm sure. Maybe I won't be asleep because there's game one of the Celtics game, but they played game one against the Dodgers tonight. So you expect them to come out flat? considering they went 6-0, or do you think that they'll come out like gangbusters like they have been? Um, see, honestly, I think that they they have to come back down to earth sometime. I would like them to continue winning and win this series for sure, but I think it can go either way. I'm going to predict they don't they don't uh, fall flat on their face, but that's always a possibility just because of, you know, where they're playing and everything else there. Yeah, I mean, so when the dust settles... We're going to see how the Mets um, do after this road trip. Then they have to also play Milwaukee at home. I think Milwaukee's playing really good, too. So it'd be good to see. I mean, I just hope they stay afloat until Scherzer or DeGrom comes back. I think that's important. I think that any Mets fan will see that he, you know, they, they need one of those two pitchers back to, to maintain that lead, I think. Oh, I agree. But at the same time, you know, they're doing great without him. One of the things that also impressed me about the Mets, sir, is the fact that they they have a good record both home and away. It's not like they're, you know, 20 games over at home and, you know, 500 away. Like, they're 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 about uh, nine games, actually 11 games over 500 at home, and they're about seven games over on the, on the road. So it's not too far off, which I like. I like the fact that, you know, that they're doing well. I think this is a, this is a great year. It's a special year. You know, they're 8-2 in their last 10 games, which is great. They've been they've been kicking butt. They've been taking names. They've been doing a good job, and I'm definitely uh, I'm pumped up for show, sir. I'm pumped up about the Mets. I think they're just doing they're 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 doing great. And as a fan, as a longtime fan of this team, I think that it's it's important that they continue to win, that they continue to you know press forward and press on because you know baseball is a long season. Baseball takes forever. Baseball is one of those sports that seems like it's never ending. I always go back to 2007, you know, with the seven games up with 17 to play. What a disaster that was, which ultimately, you know, basically cost Willie Randolph his job eventually. Yeah. But I think that the Mets need to do that, sir. I think the Mets need to just keep on winning, keep on going, plug away, and don't don't give up. You know, put, put your throat on the neck of the NL East and don't give up until, you know, everybody taps out. I agree with you. I'm going to ask you this every week, I think. Um, do you like the fact that they're not in really hitting home runs? I know the Plumber hit a home run, but they're not a home run hitting team like the Bronx Bombers are. I do. I mean, I like the fact that they're, you know, I like the fact that they're scoring runs regardless. They're finding ways to score runs outside of just, uh, you know, hitting home runs, which home runs are always nice to watch, but at the same time, you know, it, it's really, you need to be able to do it without that. What I like, Honestly, Starling Marte has been red hot lately. I mean, he's been hitting two-run bombs left and right. And he's he's definitely one of my favorite acquisitions in the offseason. He's, he's been clutch, sir. He's been clutch. And Lindor seems to be playing well. Um, my my brother has his hatred for 
Uh, J.D. Davis that I'll never understand. But, I mean, you know, you've got all these other guys. Nito had a big game yesterday. I mean, the Mets just need to continue that story. I think that the DH has helped them. It's been it's been definitely good for them. And I know that um, I got some calls off the air and some text messages about Dom Smith getting optioned down to AAA. Any thoughts about that, sir? Um, I haven't seen enough to say he should be optioned. Do you think he should be optioned? I don't know if he should or not. Well, I mean, that's that's not much of, of a take. But, uh, you know, this is pure gold where we tell like it is. I think that his numbers, <clears throat> excuse me, his numbers were not good. Honestly, I mean, he's been disgruntled this year. Okay. You know, okay. he just he's just not the same player, it seems like. You know, he's just not the same player that he has been, you know, recently. And I just, in all honesty, sir, I'm not a Dom Smith fan. I never have been. I've always thought he's been overrated. I always think the Mets fans are in love with this guy. I don't get it. He's batting under the Mendoza line at 186. He's got 14 RBIs, zero home runs. 287, you know, OBP is slugging is 256, his OPS is 543, and all the numbers, all these fancy stats that people love to quote. I mean, he just has not been good. He's he negative, you know, point one, uh, his war number. He just has not been hitting. He's not been producing when he's in there. And, you know, honestly, good riddance to bad rubbish as far as I'm concerned. I've never liked this guy. I think he has no value to this team. And uh, see ya. What do I want to be ya? Uh, with that take, I will say, yeah. I don't want him either because. He seems like garbage. We don't want garbage on the team this year. So, Don Smith, get fired, as someone would say. Well, I mean, Alonzo's been productive, yeah. right? You know, he, although I still hate watching this guy swing a bat when when it's not, he's not hitting home runs. I can't stand watching him. But he's been pretty productive. I mean, a lot of the players, you mentioned Plummer. Who, Plummer has done more in a couple games than Dom Smith has done all year. I mean, let, let's be real. You know, this guy has a chance to come up, play, gets his first major league hit, which is a home run. I mean, he's got two homers and three, uh, five RBI. He's batting almost, he's batting 444, you know. I mean, he's clearly, he's a lefty, you know, throws left, bats left. He's just more valuable than Dom Smith at this point, you know. That's my opinion, sir. All right, we'll move on. I don't want to talk about Dom Smith all night. But you mentioned Sterling Marte. Is the underlying message here, you, we don't need a right fielder? You know who I'm talking about. I'm not going to mention his name. Do you think... Sterling Marte is the answer for the Mets. Honestly, that's pretty much all I can say to that. Um, do I think he's the answer? He's a good, solid player. He He's clutch. He's been a great acquisition. I don't think the Mets need the guy that you think that they need. And, um, you know, honestly, I think that, um, you know, the, the best way that I could put it is this. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> Um, if you're getting angry, we're going to move on to the Yankees. And so the Yankees are chugging along. They're still winning games as they should. They're playing the Angels. Double dip today. Uh, they won the first game because of the rain yesterday. And they just continue to beat the teams as they should. But uh, alarming enough to me, anyway, as a non-Yankee fan, is that they lost 2 of 3 to the Tampa Bay Rays. Is that alarming to you? Um, no, because, you know, you're not going to have a toward pace all year long. I mean, the Mets finally lost the series, you know, a little while back. It happens. I mean, bottom line is, you know, the facts are the facts and the numbers don't lie, as I love to say. Um, the Mets are, uh, you know, the Mets are doing what they got to do. The Yankees are doing what they got to do. Yeah, okay, they they lost two out of three of the Rays. But at the same time, you know, they're still, they still have the best record in baseball. Not the Yankees I'm talking about. And um, you know they've they've had a heck of a year. They really have. I think that the Yankees are probably going to end up going far. 
if if we're being honest. And uh, you know, you you keep talking about that uh, that subway series. Let's see if it happens, sir. I have a correction to make. I had the line. Uh, they actually didn't win two out of three, the race against the Yankees. They won two out of four. They split and they won the first two. So they did what they had to do. I think when you're on the road, 500 is the way to go. I think. So ironically, the the, the Rays. I was about to call them the Braves. They're five games back and they're having a pretty good year. Uh, five and a half. They're having a pretty good year themselves so far. You know, the Yankees are. The Yankees have almost the exact same right. It's weird. The the Mets are 19 and 8 at home. The Yankees are 19 and 7. Mets are 16 and 9 away. The Yankees are 16 and 8. They basically have the exact same record as the Mets. You know, almost. Um, but the Yankees are also in a much better division. Toronto and Tampa are both hot on their heels. You know, Mets have more uh, double the lead that the, that the Yanks have, and three of the five teams in that division have winning records. And it's only a matter of time before the Red Sox come, you know, swing back around. Now, I'm looking at, I'm looking at. This is weird. I'm looking all over baseball. There's, there's, you're gonna find this odd. There's not a lot of teams who have winning records, sir. I mean, do you want to know? Are you interested in, in this little interesting stat, sir? Tell me, tell me. Go so ahead. I'm going through this right now, and there's only about 12 teams in baseball with winning records, which is insane. Oh, that is. I mean, Can I try guess at least like eight of them. Uh, I'm guessing the Mets, the Rays, the Yankees, the Milwaukee Brewers, the Dodgers, the Padres, the Angels. I'm missing something. What, what else? Um, you meant you said the Angels, correct? Uh, yes, sir. Yeah, the Angels. The Angels barely. Um, you you missed Houston. Oh. You missed Minnesota. So the Yankees, the the Yankees, the uh, Blue Jays, and the Rays are the three in the American League East, which is the best division when you go just based on winning teams. So those three, you've got one in the Central, which is which is Minnesota only. You've got Houston, uh, who's killing it, and then uh, the Angels. That's it in the West, and then in the East of the National League, we mentioned the Mets are the only team with a winning record. In the Central, you've got the the Brewers and the Cardinals as the only teams. They're they're in a close race so far with winning records, and you've got the the Padres. Actually, the West I guess would also be a good team, a good division. You've got the Dodgers, right. the Padres, and the, the Giants. All the California teams in the National League, they all have winning records, and everybody else is losing records. Well, I know we have a call, so you'll take that when you're ready. Um, the only thing is, like, do you want to be like the Mets position where no team is really that good this year, or do you want to be in a division like the Dodgers that play the Padres? They're both good teams, be competitive all year, and play tough all year. Do you think that um, you'd rather be in the Mets division or the Dodgers division? Honestly, if you're really asking me this question, I would rather be where the Mets are because the Mets are in a position where um, – the Mets are in a position where they can they can make noise. Nobody else is, has a winning record, like I've mentioned before. And if they can continue that, the way that they're playing, heck, if the Mets play a little over 500 ball for the rest of the year, they're probably going to win the division. Now the danger comes in if they start losing series after series, then it becomes a problem right. because the Mets right. are going to start. You know, eventually the Braves have too much talent to stay where they are. They really do, right. and and they're going to start creeping back up. And the Phillies also have some talent. So they're going to creep up, and the Mets can't just rest on their laurels, which, you know, Washington looks like they're completely out of it. They're awful this year, and the Marlins stink like only the Marlins can do. So I'm thinking the Mets are going to are going to take the East, but, again, you you got your neck on the throat. you got to keep going. 
Um, and I know I know this caller that we have here is going to want to talk about the Mets. So we yeah. are now joined by uh, Gilbert from Puerto Rico. Gilbert, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing fine, and you? Doing good, doing good. good. Thank you for calling in. Um, I, I saw here, based on our call screen, you like to talk about the Mets. So uh, give us your take. What do you think about the season so far? Well, I think the season is good. They've been playing good ball so far. They come in. Their chemistry is okay. Um, they do have to beat up on, like I said. I mean, we just finished we sweeping the Phillies, sweeping Washington. What I was thinking about is Washington ain't going no place. But right. I was also thinking about if the Mets can make a deal and get Soto, that would be a good acquisition for the Mets. And then we can put um, Marte, we can put him in left field and put Soto in right field, and Nemo can stay in center, and Conan can, um, he can DH. Gilbert, if I'm not mistaken, I think, I think Soto wants a lot of money. I think close to 50 a year. Do the Mets go out there and get somebody that's worth that much or wants that much money? Well, imagine this. If we can get a deal with – he still has two more years. You know, we can use him for two years, and if he wants to walk, he can walk. Right. But we can have right. him for two years. I mean, that that's a good point, Gilbert, but let me ask you this, though. Are the Nationals going to want to deal with a team in their own division? I know they've done it before, but realistically, are you going to want to make the Mets that much better? And I mean, Soto's having a, a rough year so far, but obviously he's talented. He'll snap out of it. <clears throat> Is Washington going to want to make that deal with the Mets? Well, I don't know, depending on what the Mets are, are willing to give up for them, you know? Yeah, and, but all right, let's you, say, let me you ask you this, at, Gilbert. Sorry, yeah. let me just ask you this real quick. Let's say you're the Mets GM, right? You're Billy Epler. What would you offer to get Soto? What What do the Mets have to get Soto? Well, uh, well we got a couple of minor league players. We also have um, – we just finished sending down um, Dominic Smith. So I don't know. Even though they have this guy named um, um, what's, um, the Washington's first baseman, I think is – I forgot his name. Um, you remember? Uh, you're talking about the Nationals – the Nationals first baseman this year? Yeah. It, um, I think uh, it's Josh Bell. Right Josh Bell? Josh, Josh Bell? Bell? Yeah. 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 yeah You're right. So, I mean, to tell you the truth, I don't know. I really don't know who would they want from the farm system or what else that they want that we have that will make them a little better. Yeah, I mean it's definitely it's always good to it's always good to to fantasy book as you like to say with with the stats and trying to get guys and stuff. I mean, let me ask you this question: We have a guy here. <laughs> my co-host is obsessed with this guy, oh, and no. I may as well bring this oh, up. No. At oh, the no. end of the season, if Aaron Judge is still a free agent, do you, if you're the Mets, do you throw three hundred million at him and try and find him? Would you go for someone like Aaron Judge to be a power bat in right field? Well, if you, I don't know if you recall, at one point we had an opportunity in the draft to get Aaron Judge, and we didn't. We skipped him. 
We got Dominic Smith. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I, I don't uh, recall that, but that's awful. <laughs> that I know. That's, I know, but Gilbert, that's figured, you know, Gilbert. look at this guy. He's so big, you know. Yeah. Um, can he play? You know, can he play? Can he be just a regular guy that can fumble out there? Gilbert. Right? So, Gilbert. That's what that happens. Is interesting. That sounds as interesting as Gary Sanchez for Mike Trout. I mean, and Gary Cashman or Cashman well, said, um, I don't want to do it. He's not that great anyway. I mean, <laughs> right. he's a catcher, right. but he's not that great. You know? but, I don't know if you knew this, Gilbert. The Yankees, this came out in the paper a couple months back. The Yankees actually had an opportunity to trade Gary Sanchez to get Mike Trout, and uh, Brian Cashman said no to that. He turned wow. it down. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and, and they gave him away for nothing. Really, yep. he stinks. He stinks. absolutely stinks. Gilbert, Gilbert, I, the, only, I, the only one thing I have to ask you because um, we have a busy show tonight. Um, the, so the Mets have an important West Coast trip coming up uh, starting tonight. Do you think the Mets will finish above 500 in this West Coast trip? Do you want 500, or do you think that no, they're going to think they're going to resort to the same old Mets? No, I think I think we're gonna do good. It's, I mean, they we got good pitching staff that is coming against us, but we're not right. shabby either. You know, we 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 hitting, we are hitting. You know, right. so and 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 if you look at it, they just finished getting swept by Pittsburgh. Oh my God, Pittsburgh! You know, <laughs> can you believe that? I mean, it, it's unbelievable. Um, yeah. Hey, yes. So they got smacked around. So, but I think we can smack them a little bit, you know, <laughs> hurt them a little bit more. Maybe yeah, we, I hope we, so. we can split. We can split, you know. What yeah. I really want is Synagogue. That's the guy I really want. I you want mean you want the Mets to smack him around? Yes. 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 <laughs> yes. Okay. I'll tell you this much. I'll tell you this much, Gilbert. As far being a lifelong Mets fan like I am, Noah Syndergaard is by far my least, my all-time least favorite Met. I did not like him. I did not want him on the Mets. I'm glad he's gone. His attitude stinks. He was all about being a celebrity. I mean, look at this guy. Ever since, ever since he talked smack about the Mets and their combined no hitter, he's got like an eight point something ERA, and he's been getting bombed left and right. I'm just, I'm just glad. I'm just glad that he's gone and he has nothing to do with anything. So, I mean, bottom line is, you know, it, it is what it is. got to just, you know, he's gone. If the Mets can bomb him, that'd be great. Listen, Gilbert, thank you so much for calling. We really appreciate it, and, and we hope to have you on again for sure. All right, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you, thank sir. You. All right. Bye. You know, Gilbert brings a wealth of knowledge. Um, thanks for the call. No, definitely. You know, it's interesting he, we're, we're not, I mean, Puerto Rico is not technically international, but I mean, we got people listening in Africa, like I talked about the other day. We got Spain, we got India, we have people calling from Puerto Rico. I mean, all over the place, sir. All over the place. Unbelievable. Pure gold is worldwide. Woo! I can't woo like you do, but we're worldwide, as you can see. So, there's one person that is not watching the Yankees or the Mets. You know who that is? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I know where you're going with this, sir. But why don't you introduce? Why don't Why don't you go there? Because I know we have a special Todd's take, and I know it's gonna it's gonna um, it's gonna basically 
interact with what we're uh, talking about today, sir? Yeah, one person that's been busy, preoccupied with some things that are a little bit more important than the Mets or Yankees is a one Johnny Depp. Um, was he found not guilty or guilty? I, I'm frazzled with this. <laughs> are, are you really frazzled? Because th- that's the question, sir. The question is, how could you possibly, how could you possibly be frazzled, sir? I mean, you know, it, it's one of those things. It's one of those things that, interestingly enough, um, you know, this has been in the news for a long time. This has been a topic that has uh, has dominated the news cycle, and everybody has their own their own variation of it. Everybody has their own sort of take on it, and it's well, been interesting. Yeah. But before, sir, before we get into that, before we do all that, before yeah. we take it, you know, downtown to Chinatown, so to speak, yeah. we're going to yeah. present you with Todd's take, as always, a very special occasion here on Beer Gold. Hello again, everyone. It's me, Todd, here to blather on once again on some topic that nobody but me is thinking about, or at least probably nobody is thinking about. So what will it be this time, you may be asking yourself? Well, I'm going to stay on brand and sound like a conservative white male and address what appears to be the hopeful beginning of the end to the Me Too movement. So let's start by saying thank you to Amber Heard and her lawyer for thinking that allegations with no real proof other than being a woman would be enough to rule against an innocent party simply because he's a man. Score one for the good guys. Pun intended. With any luck at all, this is going to be the tipping point in which the scales are tilting back to a more commonsensical society. Now, this is not to say that there wasn't a quid pro quo attitude among men in power for a great deal of the nation's history, but to think that it was okay to ruin a man's life and that we should believe all women, regardless of uh, the burden of proof, is ludicrous. We shouldn't return to the way things were before this witch hunt movement began, but we should find the middle ground, at least I think so, and I'm sure there's plenty of men who have fallen victim to this movement that would agree. Gender politics, just like race and sexual identity politics, should not be a thing, but unfortunately, political strategists continue to exploit its power as long as we allow it to have power. So keep the faith, good and honest men. The feminist agenda will not be tolerated. Equal means equal. Equality means treatment for both men and women that is the same. There should be no matriarchy. There should be no patriarchy. Neither of those ideologies should be taken. (laughs) I'm Todd, and that's my take. (laughs) Todd, as always, bringing the good stuff you know, folks, this is a topic. I know we're just talking about sports, and, of course, we'll go back to sports because that is our bread and butter. But I talked about this earlier. This topic has dominated the news cycle. Now, I let me let me start off. I'm semi-biased because I've always been a Johnny Depp fan. I remember watching yeah. him back in 21 Jump Street. Huge fan of his. I, always, I loved that show. When he left, I stopped watching. It was awful. 
But over the years, of course, he's a lot of famous roles. Edward Scissorhands, you know, all-time great movie. You have, of course, his, his one of his most famous roles, which would be as Captain Jack Sparrow in the 47 different versions of Pirates of the Caribbean that they've had. And, you know, a lot of the fans have really taken behind Johnny, which is interesting because this whole case has been going on forever. <clears throat> Johnny sued like $100 million or whatever it was. He lost that case. And now, you know, we, we come back to, to the present day where this is going on. And, you know, the the, the verdict is in. Johnny won. He was found, uh, you know, that Amber Heard did, you know, basically defame him, you know, and, and that was his whole thing. They, they unanimously, uh, the, the verdict was unanimous for him. And uh, for those of you keeping score, since we always talk about the facts of the facts, the numbers don't lie, Johnny was awarded $5 million in punitive damages, $10 million in compensatory damages, and Amber Heard was awarded $2 million in uh, compensatory damages in her counterclaim, but what people fail to realize is that the $2 million is because of Johnny Depp's lawyer and something that he said about Amber, not anything having to do with Johnny. So Johnny won flat out. I mean, he literally won flat out. And Joe, I don't know if you, how much is, did you follow the trial at all, or was it kind of like, you know, a little bit here, a little bit there? A little bit here, a little bit there. Um, I'm the opposite of you, honestly, uh, definitely, maybe, clearly. I'm not a big Johnny Depp fan. Like, I don't really like him in Pirates of the Caribbean, as Edward Scissorhands, so... To me, eh, whatever. Wait, are you saying you don't like you didn't like the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, or you didn't like him in those movies? I didn't like the movies or him, to be honest with you. I can well, do without you know, him. Listen, the bottom line is this is a show, anything and everything, where we tell like it is, and uh, you know you're entitled to your opinion, and even though it's wrong, uh, Johnny obviously <laughs> great actor, regardless of what JB says. But the thing about this specific claim is when you look at this, and we, we have a caller online that we're going to get to in a minute. I know she's, she's anxiously awaiting, but I'd just like to say something before we get her on. When you look at this whole suit, this whole debacle, this whole charade, shall we say, of, of a trial, now you have this, this messed up marriage in Johnny and Amber Heard. You know, uh, I was talking to Kelly off the air, and, and her whole thing was she said, you know, I said, what did you like about the trial? She goes, well, Johnny was heard. And then I was like, wait, pun intended? And she was like, oh, like she had no idea. She wasn't even thinking about it, which I thought was a pretty good pun. But the thing about it is, Amber lied on the stand repeatedly over and over and over again. I mean, it, it was just the weirdest case ever. She says, she says that Johnny was going to attack her sister, you know, her sister Whitney, who apparently they don't have a great relationship. But anyway... She said, and I, I was listening to some clips of it today just to kind of refresh on this. She said that she felt like Johnny was going to push her sister down the stairs like he did to Kate Moss, which is key. I'll get back to that in a second. And that, yeah. you know, she doesn't remember what she did, but, but, but then, you know, to stop the action. But prior to that, she said that he hadn't done anything and that he was, you know, she felt he may have, so she goes and pushes him down the stairs. But then she also says that... that Johnny was in between, that her sister was in between the two of them. So how would Johnny push her sister down the stairs when the sister was in between the two of them, which is what, which is what her sister Whitney said, so that's a lie. She said she was going to push her sister down the stairs, so she got afraid, just like Kate Moss. Well, they go and they get Kate Moss on the stand, and Kate says not only did Johnny not push her down the stairs, but she fell down the stairs, and Johnny rushed to her aid, was a gentleman and a scholar, took care of her, was super nice, super sweet, et cetera, et cetera. So she lied about that. Sir, you, you still with me? 
Yeah, I'm with you. Um, what's interesting is you mentioned a couple of takes. We listened to Todd's take. That was a good transition to Todd's take. But we we are guys, so we we come from a point of view from a guy point of view. It would be great right. if we get a female point of view. You have someone? Oh. We will. No, we we absolutely do. I'm just kind of sending the stage for her to come on. So Amber lies about this, and then her her legal team is like, they were called. They mentioned Kate Moss multiple times. Kate comes and denies everything she said. It's like, oh well, he still did it. Okay, but you lied about it. She had some makeup that this brand that she said oh she used to cover up the bruise that Johnny gave her, but then the makeup company comes out and says, yeah, that brand that she's talking about, that specific line, didn't come out until the following year. So again, she lied. And she lied, and she lied, and she lied. And speaking of somebody who's not going to lie, we're, we're going to be joined here by someone who is, uh, shall we say, uh, you know, very near and dear to the show for multiple reasons. We are joined right here in the great volunteer state by Sarah, who is a big fan and definitely, uh, obviously, was listening to the trial and paying attention to it. Sarah, how are you doing this evening? Hi, David. I am very happy to be on the show. Thank you for letting me on it. And I could not agree any better with Todd. I'm just so excited about this topic. i got to go straight in. I am excited. I'm happy that Johnny Depp won. I am super happy. And let me tell you, I'm a woman. And as a child, I was exposed to domestic violence in my family. And I know I'd be the first one to not be with somebody or for somebody who's doing domestic violence. I right. have my suspicion after all this trial that Johnny Depp was the victim of domestic violence in this case, even though they say, yeah, he was, he also, he had some violence because just slamming kitchen cabinets is violent, according to what they were saying, and abuse, maybe verbal. But come on, he was trying his best to keep his cool after this woman, as we could hear on all the tapes, was just going at him, going at him, going at him, looking for trouble. And what do we hear on the tape every single time? She's running. He's running away from her from bathroom to bathroom, from room to room, trying to de-escalate situations. And, of course, why? He slammed some cabinets. That's domestic violence. I'm sorry. No. They're exaggerating. Okay? They're exaggerating. But I cannot agree anymore with Todd. I am so happy with everything that he said. He's right on it. Because I am also a mother of a son, right. and I feel that it's ridiculous that men or even women have to put have to be put through situations like this where there's nothing to prove, and just because somebody says that they got uh, you know violated or whatever, right. that's enough proof. It should not be like that. I agree 100% on that, and I am excited about this trial. I am glad with the results, and I feel insulted. I feel insulted as a woman by Amber Heard's statements after the trial to say that this is a setback for women. It is not a setback for women because, first of all, you should not include women in, you know, generalized people over right, what you think is a setback for. Because I don't see it as a setback. I see as justice was done. Uh, there was plenty of burden of proof to show that she was a liar. And yep. the jury only needed one incident to show that she was a liar to then say that she she lied in everything, and that's how they were right. instructed. And, you know, David, you mentioned uh, the makeup thing and the Kate yes. Moss. Yes, that w- those were amazing things that happened that, you know, anybody that's watching can say, wow, my goodness, this woman is completely lying about these things. Right, but right. the evidence was so, so strong that even the, the lawyers 
uh, that were defending Johnny did not have to use this in their final statement to the jury. What did they use? They used more other stuff, more other stuff. And I'm going to quiet, quiet here to see if you want to ask me some more questions. <laughs> well, we definitely, we definitely hey, appreciate you calling in, Sarah. But, Joe, you want to take over? Yeah, Sarah is the other <laughs> co-host. Uh, my name is Joe, by the way. Sarah, so um, <laughs> do, you look, do you treat every case um, – uh, it, like you don't have a bias towards um, men, right? You don't uh, automatically think that men is at fault versus the woman's at uh, innocent. Do you think that um, each case is a little separate, than, a little different than each uh, each other case, or something like that? I, I honestly feel that people need to. I, I try not to be biased. Uh, I right. don't want to be biased. And if you would ask me, I would probably be biased towards men at this point because I did see domestic violence as a child. But, no, I, I feel like everybody, every case is different. It has to be seen at objectively and with proof, and with proof. And in this case, there was plenty of evidence uh, that we were able to see that really it was weighing heavier on Amber than it was on Johnny. Yeah. I agree with that. And see, the thing about this is, again, I said what I said at the beginning of the segment before you came on, Sarah, about being a fan of Johnny Depp, but that, that stuff you can put aside. You know, there, there are great actors out there. You know, I can think of Benedict Cumberbatch, who's a great actor, but he's a hardcore atheist, and, you know, obviously I don't approve of his lifestyle, and I'm not a fan of that. But, you know, sometimes you can, you can try to separate the actor or you can separate the, you know, what they do from what they do. A perfect example, one of my all-time favorite actors, Tom Cruise, love Tom Cruise. He's done some crazy stuff. He's a Scientologist, has some weird beliefs, but man, can the guy act on the screen. Now, being a fan of Johnny's doesn't, doesn't make me biased one way or the other because, you know, I've never disliked Amber Heard as far as her acting ability. But to see, you know, I mentioned it, the, the makeup, the sister and the pushing down the stairs, mentioning came once. Every time she brings something up, it's like, nope, nope. Nope, everything was just rebutted over and over again, and she just, she, she, this is a setback, in theory, you know, for the Me Too movement, where everything is like, well, you have to believe every single woman, and women don't lie about these types of things, but the truth is, women are people, and people lie, men lie, women lie, you know, Sarah, what was it about the case, let me ask you this, what was it about the case that really drew you in from the beginning? Was it was it the fact that you have the connection to domestic violence, or was it just generally speaking, you know, that the fact that it was all over the news? Well, yeah, actually, this is the thing. I'm not a fan of Johnny Depp, but I I am from the '80s, so I do remember John, 21 Jump Street back yep, then, yep. and I yeah. did I did watch probably I did watch. Chocolate Factory, Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. Yes. I just don't like the kinds of movies that he does. I'm more of a comedy person. I like comedy movies. But I do have to give it to him that he's a great actor. He's amazing. Even though I'm not his fan, what I've watched of him, I know that he can perform. And honestly, after this trial, I started watching Pirates of the Caribbean, which I hadn't started. (laughs) I I was never attracted to it. But I was wondering how this guy's making twenty five millions out of a movie. I wanted to see what kind of action he does. And he's done well. He's done well. I'm only up to Definitely. I'm only up to the second movie so far. But I'm you know, I really to listen to him. He's a great actor. Uh, and the thing about this Uh huh. Sorry, Sarah, not to cut you off, but the thing about this the thing about this story is that he literally lost movies movies over this. He lost contracts. He's no longer affiliated with Pirates of the Caribbean, which has been a big thing with fans. His career has taken a nosedive. He was kicked out of the um the Harry Potter spin off which I don't like Harry Potter movies, but it was um 
Oh, I can't remember that. I'm, I'm drawing a complete blank here, but they just came out with The Secrets of Dumbledore, which is a spinoff of Harry Potter. Uh, um, I think it's The Fantastic Beast or, or whatever it's called. It's something to the effect yeah. of that. I have to. But he was kicked fantastic. out of that film. Yes, he was kicked out of that film because of this, and everything is believe women, believe women, believe women, no matter what. And men are automatically guilty. Okay, well, if men are automatically guilty and men are always the ones who perpetrate domestic violence, then how is it that this case, clearly the audio recording shows she was abusive towards him, mocking him, saying terrible things to him. You know, if she was afraid of, of him being violent to her, why give him a knife? I mean, there's so many different facets here, you know, Sarah, and whether you're a fan or I'm a fan, whoever's a fan, none of that's relevant. Johnny went, he, he, he lost the first suit, he came back, and, and he won. And I believe that he got victory and he was vindicated for sure. You know, I definitely believe that. Yeah. In his release statement after the, the, the verdict is that he got his life back, and I really hope that he did. I hope that everybody rethinks in the media to give him back his movies. I'm sorry to say that he has said it. He said that even, and this is sad, it was sad to me because now I'm into the Pirates, Pirates of the Caribbean, but he's not going to be in the, he said he's not going to be in the six, not even if, if Disney offers him 100 million and 20 llamas, which I don't know where that came from, but anyway, I don't know where the llamas came from, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy for him, I hope he really gets his life back, I I do not stand for what Amber was trying to do, because of the fact that he got punitive money from this trial, that means that that she was found to be malicious towards him in all that she did. He did not have any punitive damages uh, uh, pointed to him, so that means that he wasn't he didn't act with malice. So that's right. why she didn't get to win on the First Amendment proposal that they were saying that you know they were violating her First Amendment rights. That the reason they didn't is because they realized that she did use malice in this whole thing. So. Um, you want me to give you some of the things that I noticed on the on the trial that really yeah you absolutely know, go made for me think of, okay I don't know if you guys saw the part where she was showing this picture where she had a red face on the picture that was probably the worst picture that she could come up with with saying oh look what don't and she had like a blush face and she was saying this is from a black and blue whatever but anyways uh, she said that. Then she showed another picture into evidence. The same, but one showed a, like a more blushed or red uh, cheek. Well, right. guess what happened? During the trial, they were able to find out, the, the experts, that it was the same exact picture. She did not turn in two pictures that were different. It was the same right. picture. I think this is one of the points where the jury was like, oh, my goodness. They saw that the in the meta, in the meta, whatever they call it, meta data, data. of the, the metadata, yeah. you can, uh -huh, from the phone that she took it from, same minute, same second, same millisecond. It could not have been two pictures. It was the same picture. Uh, another thing that uh, I don't know if you guys heard, her ex-partner had, had her, well, she was put into jail at one point. She was checked in and a picture taken of her for domestic violence, well, for violence against her ex-partner, uh, which the ex-partner yes. did withdraw, the ex-partner did withdraw the the charges, but we know that happens a lot in domestic violence. Women, in this case, usually are the ones that withdraw the charges the most, but it right. can happen both ways. And that was, you know, just the fact that she was uh, checked into jail, there was a picture taken of her because of, of the aggravation, the aggravated whatever way she hit somebody, the, her ex-partner. Right. It's enough evidence to say, you know, she does have th those tendencies. 
another thing, uh, most of her supporters, the only one that they, they were joking about, that she had supporters in court with her sister. And because even her best friend that was supposed to testify for her and kind of, you know, was her witness, was, she was her witness, she claims even on the stand that she's no longer best friends with, that they kind of went different ways. So she can't keep relationships, apparently, even with whom she calls to be her best friend. Best friend, lived yep. in the penthouse with her. Yep. Her uh, sister, no yep, relationship. Yeah. And no tears was another thing that they mentioned in the in the trial. Uh, and her acting coach had testified that she cannot cry real tears when she's acting. And every time that she was <laughs> on the stand pretending to be crying, nobody saw any tears. So I'm sorry, right. it looks to me that she was acting. Another thing is the TMC situation. Do you know what about what about the TMC? I feel like what I've heard about it, but, if, but but you may as well share with us, with the listeners like Joe, who don't know, who may not be as up to date as we are. Well, yes, please share. This is what happened with TMC. TMC, where the uh, they have a, it's like a news magazine or some sort of news organization that yeah. they were the ones that took the picture of Amber the day that she brought uh, the the she went to court to get a restraining order, uh, May 16th of, I don't remember the year, but in any case, this company. The paparazzi, the, the the manager of the paparazzi from TMC, volunteered to testify for Deb, for Johnny. <laughs> Jeez. And he did this, and he did this knowing that because of uh, whatever uh, privacy uh, rules that uh, apply in this case to paparazzi, he could right. get sued from TMC for releasing information that is considered TMC's private information, but he didn't care. He went on right, right. the stand. He said, this is what he said, he, they received the, the tip that Amber was going into, jail, into the court to, to put that restraining order and to send the paparazzi over there, and they even were told which, which chick to take the picture from. The right side. Yes, I remember and that. And that he was going to loop this way or that way so that he could get a good angle of the picture. And he was asked on the stand, tell me, why, uh, what, what, uh, how, how strong did you feel that this was a, a, a secure tip, a real tip? Basically, he said that it sometimes can take two days to verify a tip because they got to make sure that the source is true. Guess how many, guess how long it took him to verify the tip? How long? Long was show. Fifteen minutes. Oh wow! They only the the tape was verified fifteen minutes, and the and the tape that they used was from Amber Heard's phone. So this here is what I think caught the jury the uh, the most because they're like she acted with malice because she's the one right, who released the tape to the court. She's the one that released the tape to the court, and CMC has copyrights to that tape now. And it took him only 15 minutes to verify the source, even though she said she wasn't the source. But who else could wow. it be? Who else could it be? Yeah, no, you're right. Who else it's unbelievable. Be? You know, and the thing is that people out there still support her. They still think, oh, you know, she was wronged or whatever. And this is the problem with our society. You can have something black and white. Clearly she lied over and over and over again, uh, you know, repeatedly every chance she got. And it's exposed to the world, but people will still support her no matter what because, oh, they're fans. That's not being fans. That's being that's being a sycophant. That's being somebody who doesn't like to see, you know, anything in front of their face. And, you know, Sarah, we appreciate you calling in. 
Thank you so much for, you know, your perspective, obviously as a woman and somebody who has been through something similar, you know, we appreciate we appreciate the fact that you're willing to, to share, you know, your story and, of course, your take. And you're always welcome to call in on Pure Gold in the future. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. And I do have another uh, comment, if you mind. Can I give one oh, yeah. last comment? Sure. All right. Okay. Go. One thing that interested me, and this might be another subject for you guys in another program, Sometimes people pay too much attention to credentials, and I believe credentials are important because they do right. show, you know, a personal training or whatever. But I was surprised in this trial that the best psychologist was not board certified, and this psychologist was more credible than the one that was board certified. And I felt like, oh, my goodness, if I could be on that stand, I'd be saying, you know what, because they, they asked her. And I'm talking about the psychologist that, that mentioned that uh, – Amber had a multiple personality disorder and that she was not a victim right. of domestic violence. She was on, on Deb's team, but she got uh, attacked by, the, by Amber's lawyer saying, you're not board certified, are you? And, you know, yeah, she wasn't, but she was the best one of the two. And, and she proved it. I mean, you got to watch it. You can go back and look at the tapes and you can see for yourself. But we need to take that into consideration. And what I would have said in that case is, have you heard of this certification? Because that happens too. And that lady, that psychologist that testified uh -oh. for uh, for Amber, I believe she should be decertified because she really did not do a good job. Yeah, I mean, I agree. It's definitely a good point. I'm glad you I'm glad you pointed that out, Sarah. Um, it's just. This case has had a lot of ups and downs. I'm glad that it's over, but I'm glad that Johnny got justice, you know, and the truth is it's important. You know, it's funny you tell him decertifiable. Maybe she's certifiable. Who knows? Um, th thanks again, Sarah. We really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Folks, you know, Sarah Coyne from Tennessee, Sarah, the great state of Tennessee. She is not only passionate, but she knows her stuff. She She's really good. Um, oh, I yeah. just want to know – I just want to know what – Maybe Glert thinks. Glert, how are you? Glert, you there? Are you talking about yeah. uh, the character that he he played in uh, the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them? Yeah, I just want to know his take. I, I mean, this lady, Sarah, is very informative. I want to know if Glert agrees with it or disagrees with it. Well, I'm sure that uh, I'm sure that he no. he does agree. Uh, and I'm sure that he is a fan, and he knows. It. You know, it's a shame that Johnny lost his role in that movie. Not that, again, not that I'm a fan or anything, but the fact is that he lost his role. He was kicked out because of this, you know, and because I believe all women. Look, is domestic violence a terrible thing? Of course. Do men commit domestic violence? Absolutely. But you know, the truth of the matter is, when you look at the stats according to you know the the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence, one in three women and one in four men have experienced some form of physical violence by an intimate partner. It includes a range of behaviors, slapping, shoving, pushing, and in some cases may not be considered, quote-unquote, you know, domestic violence. If you have been a victim of domestic violence, of course, the, the hotline is 1-800-799-7233. Uh, you know, we encourage anybody, if, if that's been a, an issue, and, and a lot of people, it goes unreported. And like Sarah was saying, a lot of times, People who are victims of domestic violence, they'll call the police, but then they will retract those statements and refuse to press charges, and it's usually because they, they still love that partner and they still love that person. But again, the number, 1-800-799-7233. You know, it's a heavy topic, and there's a lot going on, so we're going to take a break. 
after this. We'll be back, but, you know, I just wanted to give that information out there so that anybody who's dealing with this or knows somebody who is, yeah. you know, they can give them that information, sir. And uh, we will be right back, folks, after these messages from our sponsors and, of course, our promos, as always. As an active listener and proud sponsor of Pure Gold, I hope that when it comes to buying and selling real estate in northern New Jersey, you'll make the choice that you won't regret. Visit DennisMovesNJ.com. That's DennisMovesNJ.com for all your real estate needs. With over 22 years of experience working in law enforcement and married to an elementary school teacher, I truly understand the importance of your safety and education in your home search. Contact me today by visiting my website at DennisMovesNJ.com or calling me at 973-868-3529 and let me take care of the rest. Want to know the secret to saving on the cost of dental care? It's simple. Find a dentist who provides all the treatment that you need and not one bit more. Overtreatment has become a huge problem in dentistry. You need an ethical dentist who will not only recommend the treatment that is necessary, but one who also cares. Time and again, patients return to Dr. Zach Gordon's practice in Hasbrook Heights because he treats them properly, ethically, and with no shenanigans. Dr. Orden can be reached at 201-393-0022 or by email at drzacho at msn.com. That's D-R-Z-A-C-H-O at msn.com. Give him a call. I'm Kristen Ledluff, and you are listening to Pure Gold. I'm Lisa Mateo from the PIX11 Morning News in New York. Make sure you check out Pure Gold every week for the best talk radio around. Hey, this is Blanca from Group One Crew, and you're listening to Pure Gold. Well, welcome back to Pure Gold. It is June 2nd, 2022. The number again, if you want to call and talk about everything and anything, as you can see. 515-605-9796. And I just want to say, again, Sarah, thank you for that information. Thank you, Dave, for the 800 number. I think it's important that we follow up. I think, in all seriousness, I hope Glurt didn't fall asleep and he paid attention to what Sarah had to say because he was is dead air. I mean, there's no way, one way or the other about it. There's a dead air. Definitely, obviously, maybe. And moving along, sir. <laughs> I will. I will. Now that we've got the seriousness out of the way, we'll talk about some other things, but my Celtics are on tonight. Game one of the finals. I cannot wait to see them. I really think this was the finals that I thought would happen back in round one. I think the Golden State Warriors against the Boston Celtics is the best finals you can have. So the Boston Celtics were favored against Miami in game seven. They won. They almost gave it away, unfortunately, but they they did win the game. Um, I still think that they're lazy once in a while. I think Tatum needs to show up um, and score more for the team, uh, do more for the team. I think Brown, Smart, Horford needs to do something. White needs to contribute. I think they're the best team. They're, they are the best team since January. Game one is tonight, nine o'clock, ABC. And then I, I really think they uh, split at Golden State, where I think that is possible. And then the Celtics will game take uh, my analysis, my prediction is that the Celtics will take game three. Game four, game five will be the Golden State. Game six will be Golden State. Then game seven, in a do-or-die situation, I think the Celtics are going to win a championship. They're going to beat the, the, the Golden State Warriors. They're going to be one ahead of the Fakers, and I am going to be one happy fellow. 
At this point, I'm hoping that the Celtics not only lose but get embarrassed and get swept uh, and are held scoreless for at least three out of four quarters. What's interesting, sir, and of course I'll take a look, yeah. I'll talk about this and we can get back to it. So the other day I'm at Walmart, and it ties into what you yeah. were just talking about. So I know you've yeah. been ripping this one specific player off the air constantly to me on the Celtics. So my daughter brings me a bag of potato chips. Oh, she brings my wife a bag of potato chips. Oh, no. And then, you know, she's like, uh, I don't know who this is. Who, who is this? And I said, oh, that's Jason Tatum. He's on the Celtics. Joe hates him. Of course. <laughs> and my course. kids were like, oh, really? I was like, yeah. So I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, this happened like two nights ago. You've been ripping this guy left and right, you know, calling him a bum, calling me names that I can't even repeat on the air, just really terrible names. But, um, you know, how are you feeling about him now? And uh, let me ask you this. When the Celtics lose, uh, are you going to be, you know, are you going to hide, disappear? Am I not going to hear from you? Or are you going to, are you going to not be in pure goal for a couple of weeks? I mean, give yeah. us your take on that, sir. I'm not, I'm not going to be a happy person. I scream at TV that it is uh, one of the Celtics win. They almost gave that game away on Sunday night against the Heat. Even though they were in Miami, I I thought that they were going to win. They almost gave it away, and I just I can't stand when they play lazy. And Tatum needs to show up. And you have to be a man about it and just play basketball. He's got to score at least 35 to 40 points a game, I think, for him to be a, a megastar. And the reason why I tried to, um, I just want to ask my call screen because he watched it. He's been watching the Celtics play. His Brooklyn Nets got swept in the first round. Do you think, I hope I'm wrong because I want everybody, just like you, Dave, I want everybody to pick the Golden State Warriors because that means the Celtics will win. But, Frank, who do you, who do you think, uh, like the series starts tonight, who do you think is going to win? I hate to disappoint you, Joe, but i, I got to go oh, with no. the Celtics. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, i got to go with the Celtics. I mean, I look at the team and I look at the characters on that team, and it kind of reminds me of the Rangers. Like, there's characters. Like, you could see different players have different – they just stand out. Like, when I think of the Pacers, I think of – Curry, basically. Yeah. When I see the the Celtics and like when I see the Rangers, it's like I see multiple characters. Like and it's just to me those are championship teams. I mean it's as simple as that for me. It's kind of weird. But um, I mean it's easy to say about the Rangers after what happened last night. But um, I don't know. Like you said, I think it's going to go seven games, and I think Boston's going to win. Yeah, the spread. I I don't want to be a betting man, but the spread is three and a half points. Golden State is favored at home. Um, there are a lot of people like um, I will leave the name unnamed, uh, but your brother picks them to fix Golden State, and I just I don't know if he's been watching basketball like I have been this playoffs. I, I think that when the Celtics have the right mindset, they play right, they play Celtic ball, great defense. I really think that they could beat Golden State in five games, but I'm going to say it's going to go seven because the Celtics take nights off. Just, I mean, that's what they do, and I'll be streaming to TV from now until game seven, and I hope that I'm wrong. I hope that Celtics win in game in five. That would be amazing. Um, I just think that the Celtics are ready to win another championship. I just, I just hope that it happens. Game one again is tonight, 9 o'clock ABC. Well, I mean, I'm hoping, in all honesty, sir, I am yeah. hoping that the Celtics lose in embarrassing fashion. <laughs> but I'm going to pick them. Just, just, I just want you to be oh, miserable because no. I feel like that will make good radio. Oh. Um, you won yeah. a title in 2000, 2009 or 2008, eight. I forget. Eight. I mean, it's, it's, eight. Eight. it's been long enough. You know, you don't need to win anymore. That's it. I haven't had a Mets World Series in, you know, 30-some-odd years, uh, going on 40. 
So that's all I care about. But, yeah, I'm going to pick Golden State in six. Uh, yeah, six. I'll give them six. I'll give the Celtics a few wins at least. They don't embarrass themselves. But um, obviously, definitely, maybe Celtics are going down for show. I look at the, I look at the stats for the two games because they only play two games a year. And the Celtics lost by four at home, and then they won by 20-something points in Golden State. I think that the Celtics – and this is after January, by the way, they won. Um, the Celtics match up better against Golden State. I mean, they they will show you that they are the best team in the NBA. Game one, again, tonight. We'll see. Uh, I don't think you will stay up to watch it, obviously. Definitely, maybe. But I will. And I know that the Celtics, if they play right, they'll, they'll win a championship. They will. I mean, you can pick the, the Golden State because you hate the Celtics or you hate me, whatever. But the facts <laughs> are the facts, and the numbers don't lie, as you would say. Um, the Celtics are going to win a championship. I think I, I don't want to be too cocky about it because, um, you know, it could come back and backfire me, on me. But I think the Celtics are ready to win a championship. And if you look at the stats of those two games, you'll see why I'm so confident that the Celtics will win either five or seven. I just, I just think they're ready. Well, I mean, we're obviously definitely maybe going to find out. And I think that at the end of the day, when the dust is settled and everything is cleared, we will, you know, have a new uh, champion in the NBA, whether it's the Golden State Warriors holding up the WWE Championship or it is the the Celtics, Larry Bird Celtics. Uh, you know, one of those teams will for sure have that title belt around their waist, sir. They will. Um there's a call on the line, but I don't know what he wants to talk about, so I will move on to hockey. This best is for you. I mean, she called in um, a couple weeks ago. It'd be great. The Rangers faced a Game 7 in Carolina, um, and they won. They won convincingly. It was a laugher, actually. Um, and then they moved on to play in the Eastern Conference Finals to play Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay has won two cups in a row. They're ready to win another cup. Last night, the Rangers showed that they're ready to compete against Tampa Bay. I think that it will go a long series. I think still think Tampa Bay is a better team. Um, the Rangers better win all their home games because I think Tampa Bay is going to win at least all their home games. And then they still won in Master Vern. That's why I think the Rangers are going to win. I mean, Tampa Bay is going to win in five <laughs> games. I'm sorry. I'm very uh, excited, as you can see. Um, so we'll see what Tampa Bay does. I know you don't watch hockey, but... The hockey playoffs and the Stanley Cup, again, I've said it time and time again, um, is the best trophy. It's the hardest trophy to win. Um, do you agree to at least that, sir? Well, I don't know. I would say it's the hardest trophy to win. I know we talked about Lord Stanley's Cup. I think I think the – you know, it, and I've talked about this on the air. It actually reminds me of the old WWWF championship oh, where geez. they used to have – do you remember when they used to have the plates on the belt? the old green one that Bruno held, and they'd have the plates of, like, the person who won it. It's kind of like that, but obviously definitely maybe with a lot more people. Um, speaking of people, we are joined uh, on once yeah. again one of our – I mean, if we had a Hall of Fame, this guy would be in it. He'd be the, he'd be the first, DeAndre the Giant, the first inductee. Yeah. We have Angel calling in from Woodland Park. He's got a lot in his mind this evening. Angel, how are you doing, Yes, yeah. I'm doing pretty good. I am listening to you guys talking. I mean uh, – you were talking about uh, Johnny Depp. He's a hell of a he, he's a he's a good actor, no question about it. I like him, especially yeah. in that movie that he played. Uh, Johnny Briscoe was it? Um, I don't know. If you, yeah, I don't well, know if you he was Donnie Brasco. Donnie Brasco. There you go. That that that's correct. Anyway, he yeah. was uh, infiltrating the mafia, working with the FBI and whatnot. But I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about the Mets. I mean, they're on a roll. They're on a roll. They are. 
And I'm, yeah, I'm hoping to see the Yankees and the Mets. Who do you think will win? <laughs> Joe, yeah, the Mets, obviously. Obviously, when DeGrom and, and Scherzer are back, they can't be beat. I mean, I'm hoping for a sweep in the Subway Series, so you can see where my head is. Uh, Dave, before I ask Angel a quick question, um, what do you think? Who is the best team? Um, well, I mean, I think if the Mets and the, if the Mets and Yankees go head-to-head, I can say this much. I do think that the Mets will win. I think the Mets overall are a better team. Um, I think they've got some great clutch hitting, and like you said many times, Joe, they're not relying on the long ball, which gets you into trouble. You know, um, I mean, Aaron Judge will be in the Mets uniform next year. That's besides the point. Um, I'm just excited about this season, and I think that, you know, and, and I've talked to Angel. We've talked off the air. Joe mentioned this earlier. Gilbert, who called all the way from Puerto Rico, we were talking about this. The Mets are finally in a winning streak. They're finally putting one together, and six games is nothing to sneeze at. So I really believe that the Mets, I really believe that the Mets are going to uh, win it all. I think they're going to they're gonna sweep their way through the playoffs. The Mets are going to win the title in 2022. They're going to be holding the WWE Championship high above their heads. They're going to repeat and go back-to-back and belly-to-belly in 2023. The Mets are going to go on a roll. It's going to be a dynasty, and they're going to win about five in a row. What do you guys think? Hey, hey listen, you sound terrific, but you know what favors the Mets? In my opinion, I think it's a designated hitter. I think it favors the Mets. Oh, yeah. Hundred percent. I mentioned this earlier. You know, we talked about Don Smith getting cut, but with Alonzo, I know Pete likes to play first. But having the option that doesn't end here, it really does favor the Mets, and it's a good thing because they have a lot of versatile guys who can play that role. So, I mean, I really do think that the way the Mets are going, you know, talk to me again in July, maybe I'll be singing a different tune. But I think that the Mets have one of the better teams in baseball, and I really do believe that they are gonna they're gonna do something big this year. Joe, what about you, sir? Thank you, uh, Angel. I'm not. I'm not eating a pickle. First of all, just so you know, I'm not eating a pickle. Um, I, I want you to know. I, I have to ask you. The, the Mets. We talked about this earlier. We said that how it's an important West Coast trip. They go play the Dodgers, the, the Padres, the Angels. Then they come home to the Milwaukee Brewers. It's an important trip. It starts tonight, but also Game One of the Finals starts tonight, NBA wise. The Celtics against Golden State. So what are you gonna be watching? Or are you gonna flip back and forth? Hey, listen, I'm, I'm going for I'm going for Boston all the way. I like Boston. The way they Uh-oh. took care of the Nets, you know, four in a row. I'm just hoping that they they'll they'll spank Golden State. You know what I mean? <laughs> I hope they do something. But but will we be watching that or the Mets? Because they're I'm the watching West Coast. both, bro. I'm watching both. I'm retired. I got a lot of time on my hands. You know, I can get up at whatever time I want. So it doesn't yeah. bother me. I'll be switching back and forth. Right. Okay. I'm sure they will be long asleep and not watch either of the games that are important tonight. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I have no intention whatsoever of watching either one of them simply because I have to wake up at the before the, the butt crack yeah. of dawn. But even if I had, you know, Angel talks about being uh, retired and whatnot. Even if I was retired, I probably would still go to bed early because I have no interest in the NBA Finals other than to see (laughs) Golden State sweep the Celtics because that's all I care about at this point. I hope Steph Curry drops 97 points by himself, actually 96, (laughs) nothing but three points all night long. And I hope that Tatum goes and eats a bag of chips and gets gas and can't play, and I hope he craps I, it up. I, I mean, I'm done. I'm done with them. It's over. Goodbye. I'm Let's sorry. go. Yeah. You sound, I'm, I'm you sound someone, like you don't like Dave. Boston. You sound like you don't like, you don't like yeah. Boston. No, I just I like don't Joe. Know if it's, that's it. Yeah, that's, it's, no, that's what hey, it is. Listen, it, like it has Joe. nothing to do with like the, the Suffolk, so. <laughs> he's, he's As a like matter of fact, pick, 
As a matter of fact, I want to give Joe a lesson in pickleball. I want to give him a lesson. You should. You absolutely should. (laughs) Joe, in all seriousness, it's a great sport. I'm sure you would be terrible at it, but that's besides the point. It's definitely definitely good stuff. Um, uh, you know, just, just a random facts here. We have, of course, our crack staff behind the scenes. Did you guys know that Golden State is making its sixth NBA final appearance in eight seasons? The first team to have wow. that stretch since yes. the Chicago Bulls from 91 to 98. Go back and look at the stats from the two games this year, and you'll see the Celtics match up really good against Golden State. I know you're picking Golden State because you, you hate me. Even if I eat a pickle or don't eat a pickle, I don't know what 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 your problem is. But you you shouldn't be mad at me for for having a good team. It's like the one team that uh, actually does good. Like the Mets don't win a championship. The Jets will never win a Super Bowl. The Islanders will never right. win a Stanley Cup. Yeah. Just can you give me this, the Celtics, please? Jeez. You already have the Celtics. You don't need another title. You're done. Hey, listen, you're I'm done with the Giants. You're done with the Giants. How's that? I'm rooting. I'm rooting for the Rangers. I'm hoping that they, they, you know, they, they're playing against uh, Tampa Bay. That's that's a good club. Yeah, yeah. it's gonna be fun. It'll be fun to watch, at least for me. Um, I, I I've become a Ranger fan because I want to see the Rangers go and go go on and lose to Tampa Bay. Because it, it's the more they advance, the sweeter it is to see them lose. So I hope that Tampa Bay now will defeat them in five games, and all those Ranger fans can stick it, just like the other fans can't win a Stanley Cup the last two years versus Tampa Bay. I hope the Ranger fans suffer the same way I did. I like that. What, what's interesting, Angel, I don't know you're paying attention to all this hatred coming from Joe. What's interesting oh, no, no. is that Joe Joe rips me to no end about the fact that I'm running against Golden State, against the Celtics, simply because of his fandom. But that's literally what he's doing. He hates the Rangers simply because his team's <laughs> the, the, the these clowns over in uh, Long Island, the Islanders are awful. So he's hating on them simply because it's a better organization. I mean, Joe is the ultimate hypocrite because he rips people for what he's guilty of. Sir, you should be ashamed of yourself. Angel, uh, anything else? I know you mentioned that you well, want well, the Rangers to win. Celtics, what else? I, I, know, I know that Joe's talking about the Rangers. What about the Devils? New yeah, what about what do you think about the Devils? The Devils, they they have good scoring now. They have a goalie. I mean, you can, they give up a lot of goals. I think Frank would speak. My call screener would definitely chime in more because I'm not really a Devil fan. Um, I live uh, in the city, but um, you know what, Frank? What do you think about the Devils at this point? Do you think that they need a goalie? They need more? They need defense? What do you think? Well, I'm going to put it together in a few years. No question about it. Yeah, I think they will. I, I like their goalie now. They got um, Blackwood. He's good. You know, he, he, I have confidence in that guy. But, it, you know, as a Devils fan, all I can say is it's tough watching these, these playoffs, man. And especially, I guess, for you too, Joe, as an Islander fan. I mean, it's, I think one of, it's hard to see New York do so well, and especially if they beat Tampa. That's got to hurt the Islander fan pretty bad. Okay. That's, that's it. You know, what what I get mad is that you tell me, Dave, that I've had enough championships as a Celtics fan. Well, then you have enough Super Bowls with the Giants. You can never win. You can never make the playoffs ever again. How's that? <laughs> I could care less. The Giants could never win a Super Bowl again, and I would be okay because they've already won as many championships as they have. Uh, my main concern right now is to take home the Pickleball Championship in 2022. Oh, That's all I care about. Oh, and I hope... Very nice. 
I hope that the Mets win a World Series sometime in my lifetime so I can tell my kids, finally, the Mets don't suck. They won a World Series. That's all I care about. The Giants can about never this? win, and I can tell How about them. this? How about this? If the Celtics and the Mets win their championships res- respectively, we all have pickles on the show. How's that? <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> that sounds yeah, good. We'll, we'll send you a box of rotten pickles, Joe. It'll be great. But, oh, uh, Angel, listen, as always, we thank you so much for calling in. It's a pleasure. Thank you know, you you're basically, anytime you want to co-host the show, we'll get rid of Joe. You let me know. He's just calling, and we'll take care of business. Yeah. Hey, hey, Joe, Joe's a good guy, man. I like him, too, man. You guys take care of yourself. Like- have a beautiful weekend. You too, I like Angel better. I like Angel okay. better. You know, you're, you're unbelievable. I mean, you you like Thank anybody you. better than me because I tell like it is. The facts are the facts. The numbers don't lie. You're a hater. You're a hypocrite. Yeah. And you make us all sick. I mean, that 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 is the bottom line. Frank knows it. I know it. Kelly knows it. Everybody on this show knows it. The call screeners know you? it. The people in the back, our our our, our drivers, our chauffeurs, everybody knows what the deal is with pure gold. You and you are a hater. You. You hate the fact that everyone's on my side. You got Kelly on my side. You got Frank on my side. You got Angel from Willard Park. Well, first of all, nobody's on your side. Nobody. Kelly would never be on your side because she sees the lies and the hypocrisy. Todd's not even on your side. You're personally friends with Todd and Frank, and Frank loathes you, and so does Todd, because I know we've had meetings behind the scenes. We know we're going to overthrow you pretty soon, and you'll be off the show. But, folks... We will be right back after all the infighting, after everything's going on. We have a couple of ads, we have a couple of promos, and we'll be back right after this. Looking to resurface the floors in your home or business in the New York, New Jersey metro area? Then check out Hillstop Pro Services in Carlstadt, New Jersey. They offer a wide range of installation services, including commercial and residential carpet, resilient floors, luxury vinyl planks, VCT, sheet vinyl, custom area rugs, logo mats, self-leveling concrete restorations, and so much more. Head on over to www.hilltopproservices.com to see some of their latest projects or call them at 201-952-9193 for more information. One thing on everyone's mind these days is real estate. If you're in the market to buy or sell a home, contact Patricia and Renee Zengel with Keller Williams. Patricia has been in the business for 28 years and Renee 19 years serving Bergen and Passaic counties. With their combined experience, dedication, and knowledge of the market, you'll be in the best hands. 100% service, 100% of the time. Call 551-265-5288 and let them know Pure Gold sent you. Hi, I'm Anna Prosser, Miss Oregon USA 2011 and professional video gaming personality, and you're listening to Pure Gold Radio. Hi, I'm Anna Zelensky, and make sure to tune in to Pure Gold, where you can hear great interviews, wonderful insight, and the best talk radio around. Obviously, definitely, maybe. Uh, we have another caller here that we need to bring on the air. Um, I know we're, we're getting close to the end of the show, but we'd like to bring in another another guy who's called quite a bit, and he know he's on our payroll. We have David calling in from New Jersey. Sir, how are you doing this evening? Uh, good. Thanks for having me uh, on. No problem. Uh, and I know you have a couple of things you'd like to talk about. Well, oh, one yeah, specific definitely, topic. Cause, definitely because, you know, we're entering into Pride Month, and uh, I think it'd be appropriate to you know, kind of talk about and tie into, which I haven't in the past, into sports, the transgender issue um, that is 
that we see in the news. Um, you know, you see, uh, you know, transgender swimmers, transgender UFC fighters, you know, and soon you'll probably see, you know, transgender, uh, you know, baseball, basketball, whatever. And, uh, you know, I know they're passing laws saying that, you know, uh, here, if you're transgender, you, you can't participate in the, in the sport that you identify and I think it's a, it's a right step move, but um, you know I, I thought you know we we talk about this and and see where you guys you know felt on on, on this issue because hey it pertains to the issue at hand that you guys are uh, clearly experts in. Well, I mean we're experts in a lot of things for sure. I mean so many different things. Sure. I mean pretty much everything. Let's be real. But, yeah, I you know, know it's interesting, David. You bring this up. The other day, I was I was working during the uh, you know obviously during the day trying to pay the bills. Uh, you know the bills that Pure Gold doesn't pay because obviously we're, we're, this is a lucrative business venture for Joe and myself. I was watching the interview with uh, Leah Thomas, who of course you know talk about transgender swimming and everything. And Leah, you know, has broken these records, et cetera, et cetera. And you talk about the unfair advantages and everything else. Um, but it's interesting because it was ABC and ABC, of course, was pandering to to Leah and talking about. Um, you know, what type of adversity, you know, facing, et cetera, et cetera, and, you know, is it fair? And what I just, I don't understand, and it's something I'll never understand, and this isn't some sort of, like, anti, you know, transgender agenda, so to speak, that that was a mouthful, but it's the idea that you have a, a someone who identifies as a trans woman, by putting the word trans in front of the word woman, you are negating the woman aspect of it, so I just, I don't understand I really don't understand where this whole idea comes from, and people support this and accept this and are encouraging it, but it, it really makes no sense. With all the things that women have gone through over all the years and, and you know, trying to get to a certain position, now you have the, this flip side where it's, it's like they've been bypassed by men, by biological men. So, David, give us, give us your take on that and just, uh, I guess, the hypocrisy of the whole thing. Sure. I think we're living in a state of confusion um, when we think that, you know, we can change the gender that we are born as, uh, this is uh, something that's not just, you know, physiologically, you know, uh, in terms of, you know, different body parts, but it, down to the very essence of your DNA. And uh, it's funny, it's like you're seeing, you know, there's movements out there, you know, um, uh, Daily Wire, I think you, you might have seen, it's got a documentary, What is a Woman, to kind of go over some of these issues. I think it's, it's probably a worth watch. Um, but, you know, you see people, and it's like, I'm a woman because I feel like I'm a woman. Well, you know, when we're dead and gone, <laughs> and there's nothing left but bones, and people excavate those bones, they're going to see the bones of a man or the bones of a woman. I mean, you can't really change that. <laughs> and I don't think it's financially, you know, uh, uh, worthwhile to, to do so. But even still, the DNA within the bones are going to show whether you were a man or a woman, not your thoughts um, or, or, or your actions. You can't, you know, snip and tuck and take some pills to to change yourself into something that you're not. You have to be happy with what God has given you. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you see these unfair advantages in in the swimming in the UFC. Uh, what was the the the, the 
the the guy's name Fox. Um, Alan Fox. There. Yeah. So, you know, I I I I don't get it. I think that if we start accepting this, there's going to be a lot more problems, and especially this is going to affect the the children that are you know coming to age, you know, becoming adults, seeing these things. This is going to lead to a lot of confused kids and a lot of, you know, social issues um, in the next, you know, 5, 10, 20 years. I mean, it's a good point for sure. What I've never understood, and, and I was you know, referencing the Leah Thomas interview because I remember listening to it, you know, and being interviewed or whatever, you know, the whole conversation, and it's the idea what you just touched on, so-and-so didn't feel – like a like a boy, because that that was the phrasing used, because you know back in teenage years. How I don't mm-hmm. even know what that means. As as someone born male, I I've never been anything other than I don't identify with it, you know, other than what I was born with. But I don't even understand. I can't even say I feel like a blank. I just feel like me. I don't feel like you know anything. There's no. What does that mean? How do you define feeling like a woman, feeling like a man, feeling like a boy, feeling like a girl? That yeah. concept literally makes no sense to me. But it's been pushed down our throats and uh, pushed down our throats and crammed down our throats to the point where it's just crazy. I mean, Joe, uh, what are your thoughts on that, sir? I mean, the topic is a good topic. Uh, thank you, Dave, for the call. Uh, I've always thought, having a daughter, I've always thought that. If a, a boy or a man, whatever you want to say, competes in softball and competes in, any, in female sports and then dominates, I think that's so unfair. Um, the fact that some men do the operation to become competitive in female sports and then dominate that sport is a total, total sham. I will completely shut the TV off. I, when I read the article in the newspaper or the Internet, I just – that stuff really annoys me. I agree. I totally agree, sir. I mean, it's been it's been a wild show. We've covered a wide wide range of topics. I mean, we're talking about transgender athletes. We're talking about unfair competitive advantages. We're talking about men versus women in this context, and then of course men versus women when it came to Amber Heard, Johnny Depp, you know, Gellert Grindelwald, you know, Jack Sparrow, Elizabeth Swan, all these other characters. I mean, so many different things, sir. And then of course we talked about Los Mets. We talked about pickleball. I mean, there's so many different things, sir. This show is true about anything and everything. Did you know, by the way, as I segue as much as I can, did you know there's a pay-per-view on Sunday? Um, it's called Hell in the Cell. Did you even know that there's a pay-per-view? I knew that there was a pay-per-view, but in all honesty, I have no interest. And, I, I mean, it just doesn't oh. – I'm just not into it in terms of WWE. I mean, just so many different things going on. You know, it seems like they're changing their plans to drop of a dime, but so many things. And, you know, speaking of changing plans to drop of a dime, sir – you know, there was a yeah. controversy in AEW. Uh, we spoke a little bit about it off the air. You know, you have uh, MJF, a.k.a. Maxwell Jacob Friedman, who is a controversial figure in the world of professional wrestling. The guy cuts a great promo, hardly ever wrestles, a draw, he's money, so to speak, for AEW. Now, this past weekend was Double or Nothing, which essentially is like their WrestleMania. There is a fan experience type of thing, you know, that he, that he essentially, a fan fest, that he skipped which AEW had to refund people's money. Big deal there, of course. I know Tony Khan is a zillionaire, or, you know, his father, Shad Khan, is a bazillionaire. But Tony had to issue refunds, and then, of course, Sunday he gets absolutely uh, annihilated by, you know, uh, what's-his-face, uh, Wardlow, in the in the pay-per-view, he gets absolutely destroyed. 
um, which, I mean, to me, just is crazy because they've been building this feud for a long time. And Monday he comes and, and cuts, uh, I mean, cuts a crazy promo, sir. I mean, did you uh, did you happen to catch that promo? When I think of, well, I did because of you, by the way, off the air. Uh, MJF cut a promo, and when I think of MJF, I think of CM Punk because CM Punk won the World Championship on Double or Nothing. So MJF's promo is really good. Um, he, he had me sold, except for one thing. Until he shows up on WWE television, I think it's all work. I just think that it's a great promo, really um, says some good things. I think Tony Khan and him are working together. Until he shows up somewhere else, he's still AEW for me. What's interesting is he had two more years in his contract, and did you know that AEW removed him from the roster page and also pulled all of his merchandise from their website? I, I mean, again, you probably tell me all this, and uh, it's news to me because I had no time today to to research it. But they could do all that stuff. Uh, it, it doesn't mean anything to me. It means that it's all work. Unless he shows up on a different company, a different brand, whatever. It's all work to me. It's just, uh, that's what it is. I get it, but there has to be a shoot aspect to it. And I really believe what happened was MJF is upset, and he he you know the thing is he mentioned the ex, the new WWE oh. guys or ex WWE guys who've come in. What do you think about this? And a lot of people say, well, you signed a contract. Do you think it's fair for somebody uh, uh, MJF, for example, or any wrestler, any you know, you come in, you know, you you sign this this minimal contract, right? Um, and then you, you make it big, you become a big star, but you're still at that contract. You bring in new guys who are making way more money who don't deserve it, per se, of what they've done in the past. MJF has got some sort of a raise, but he's still way underpaid in comparison to these guys. Tell me how Mark Henry is making more money than MJF, sir. Please explain that to me. Unfortunately, Tony Khan, is, I feel, is running the same uh, pattern of the WCW. You know, they... They pay the big guys, the big names, and they come into the company. They don't value the people that they have. I just think that it's it's a bad move. It's repeat history repeating itself. I hope Tony Khan realizes sooner than later that he's making a big mistake. If especially if this is not a work and MJF leaves, that would be horrible for AEW. Have Cody Rhodes and MJF leave? Um, I think it's just a bad move. I just think that um, the one question I have for you is that. If this was not at work, why is MJF allowed to be on on TV, on air, and cut this promo? To me, it's all work. I mean, that's a good point, and I can't deny that. It's a great point, actually. But the truth is, there has to be an aspect of it that's real. You know, it, wrestling is just, you know, trying to blur the lines. MJF is one of those old-school guys who essentially, he basically, obviously, definitely, maybe, clearly, he plays his character 24-7. I mean, what you see... Publicly is what he does privately, you know, what you see on TV, what he does publicly with his with fan appearances and everything when he speaks to the fans. I mean, he's rude, he's nasty, he disrespects them, doesn't speak well of anybody, and he really buys into the gimmick, believes in the gimmick, sir, and he lives out the gimmick. I mean, you know, and that's just so, the way it is, sir. So let's say, let's just say, let's just play this out. MJF leaves for WWE, and you have Cody Rhodes there. One of those two guys, I would think, is going to beat Roman Reigns for the title because The Rock is not coming, as you told me, time and time again. Do you think that MJF or Corey Rhodes is your new champion that beats Roman Reigns? Well, there's no way there would be MJF because he's still under contract AEW until 2024, oh, right. sir. Um, right. And, I mean, I think Cody Rhodes is going to be the guy to do it. They've got this great story of him wanting to win the title that his father never could win, and that is a real story and it's real life. 
I just don't know what happens with Cody after he wins the title. But truthfully, I don't know who's going to take the title off Roman, but somebody has to, sir. All right. Yeah, I mean, you can't have them champion forever. I mean, this is not the old days where Bruno Sammartino is the champion forever. I mean, people's attention spans are not going to be 13 years or four years later that Roman Reigns is still the champion. We don't see him on TV anymore. Uh, we'll, we'll see him on TV, but we, he doesn't do house shows, as we said. Um, that's, uh, I think it's a bad move. We'll see if we're proven wrong or right. Um, real fast, though, I, I hate to segue to the last two seconds, so we're running up against the time, but um, me and Frank went to see WFAN on May 27th, which was last Friday, and we had a good time. We took pictures with them. What I find fascinating is that, or, or a loser, is that I listened to the show the next day, hoping they would talk about hoping they would talk about how fun they had at the Belmars and DJs or DJs in Belmar, and they talked about no more than a minute. So that shows you what a loser I am. I mean, I can't deny anything you just said, but you were excited about it. I mean, if I was up in New Jersey, I would be excited about it as well, going to see all the guys at WFN, trying to get my foot in the door like you did, begging like a dog, probably probably handing out 20s left and right, just hoping to get a seat at the, at the table, so to speak, and just get pure gold on the WFN. Frank, you're on the air. We've talked about this time and time again off the air, but did you have a good time? What did you think about the experience? Oh, man, I thought it was a great time. I mean, we got there so early. I mean, we were on that line, I think it was quarter to five. Yeah, yeah. it was it was real early. And um, the fans, man, the fans in the line already, I mean, there were people bringing them breakfast. They're, they're so into it, the people that listened to that station. And then we got up there, and literally, if Boomer looked up, he saw me and Joe. Like, we were literally right in front of him the whole time. Uh, we stayed till around 10:30. We saw Tiki and Tiernan get in there for a little bit, and uh, it was fun. It was a really good, good time. Good. There was giveaways. There were sponsors. I'm sorry, Frank. I mean, Frank, Frank, Frank was muted. What happened? I'm sorry. I'm, I have a quick trigger. Tonight I have a quick trigger. Sorry, Frank. No, sorry. Frank, are you all right, Frank? All good. Yeah, no, all good. Um, okay. Oh, I don't. What know, I, I don't know what part of that got cut off. Frank, yeah. let me take it from here for now, and then. We could revisit another show. But we had a good time. I think um, not only meeting the actual personalities on WFAN, but I enjoyed meeting Anthony from Belleville, talking to him because we sat right next to him. I enjoyed meeting Dan from Carteret. Even this lady, I think her name is Caroline, was right behind us at 4.55. Talking about, she brought pastries to him, sir. She eats her, the guys eat her pastries that she goes out and buy. I think that it's really good. I'm glad that you think it's really good. Uh, you know, I mean, Frank was in the middle of just pouring his heart and soul out, and you, you hung up on him, and that's fine. I mean, we'll have to just cut Frank an extra check at the end of well, this week, just, I mean, just to, to make up for it. But, sir, uh, I'm glad you went. I'm glad you had fun. I definitely yeah. um, I definitely would have been uh, there if possible. Uh, I'm getting a, I'm getting a little... Breaking news here um, from our Angel, our Mets beat reporter, not Angel from the Park, but apparently Lindor is out for a bit because he slammed his finger in a door. I mean, this is, you can't make this stuff up. I mean, really, you you can't. What is he, Bobo Hida? I mean, Bobo Hida cuts his lawn and cuts his finger off. Like, what's Lindor doing? He, are we serious here? He shut the door on his finger and now his finger hurts? Um, 
That's correct. Apparently, I mean, that's that. Those are the rumors going going around, sir. Yeah, uh, he injures his finger, slamming a hotel room door. He will not be playing against the Dodgers. I mean, this is the type of stupid stuff that only happens to the Mets. I mean, are you kidding me? Are you freaking kidding yeah. me? And as we're up against it, I, just, I don't want to talk about because uh, I don't want to get upset because I have to focus on the Celtics at nine o'clock. One last uh, thing, Frank mentioned tiki and tyranny. And I always thought it was interesting. Our thoughts and prayers are with his family. But Marion Barber was found dead yesterday. He's not related to Ronda or Tiki. Has the last name. Um, I'm not a Cowboy fan, but sorry to hear that he passed away. Yeah, definitely uh, terrible. I mean, unbelievable. I, when you told about this morning, I couldn't believe it. I just don't. I don't understand how stuff like this happens. I mean, it, it's definitely. It's a shame. You know, a young guy who was found dead in his apartment in Texas. He was 38 years old. I just, I mean, apparently, you know, he was found responsive. Nobody knows yet. I'm sure the the incidents, the information will come out. Um, I just don't get it, sir. It's a shame. And, you know, thoughts and prayers, of course, go out to his family. And definitely uh, a way to, a sad way to end the show. But, you know, again, hopefully well, his family will find comfort in this time, sir. It's a difficult time. Yeah, I mean, very difficult time. I agree with you. Uh, but I will end on a positive note that I did not find that article. Our call screener, Frank, found that article for me and wanted me to share that. So thank you, Frank. Thank you, Dave, for a great show. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, I agree, folks. Thank you so much for calling in. As always, you can call next week at 7 o'clock, 2830, 515-605-9796. And as always, I leave you with this. Okay, I'll admit it. I'm an egomaniac. What can I say? Shame on you! As usual, I'm right. You're wrong. Are you kidding me? You are the biggest phony I have ever met. Obviously, clearly, maybe, definitely. A fresh take on sports and entertainment. Dave and Joe tell it like it is. Great talk radio every week. David and Joe are simply the best. I've been listening to Pure Gold ever since I was a baby, and I still do. Pure Gold is the best. I love Pure Gold. Pure Gold. I got two words for you. Pure <laughs> Gold. You guys are awesome. Don't forget to follow Pure Gold on Blog Talk Radio. And don't forget to subscribe to Pure Gold on iTunes.